0: And welcome to drumroll,
1: please.
2: NPR. Oh,
0: every time it is another Tuesday here, and we are here to chat with you guys about something we kind of get a lot of questions about, and we have a lot of questions about, and we generally spend a lot of time fretting about, I would say, which is careers, shifting jobs, you know, interviewing, just kind of like finding your path and figuring out what's right for you career wise. And we have a very special guest to talk about that with us today. We had such a good time recording with Emily Hepp, who's our guest today. Uh, you'll get to know her more in a bit. But first, we're going to give you a little intro with our weeks, our lemons, and everything that is happening right now. So, Yes,
2: uh, chatting with Emily was so great. We recorded that last week, and she provided some incredibly insightful advice. And just the way she approaches things is so... Um, Calm and and kind and supportive and not like not the kind to make you feel stressed that you're not there yet you know like so many other those career type things do so really excited for you guys to listen but like Christy said let's chat about our week and our lemons so got any lemons for me Christy or you want me to throw mine instead
0: I mean I I feel like yours is gonna overshadow mine but I was just gonna say something similar that this week I finally decided to um like. Not go to the doc- well, go to the doctor, but, like, not the doctor. I basically- I, I do this thing where I always tell myself I'm going to get a primary care doctor, and then I just don't, and then I just kind of wing it and hope for the best. So, this week, I went to urgent care <laughs> to see a doctor to get me to prescribe my medicine uh, for my asthma, and basically, I just- the lemon is, again, every single time, it just pains me to pay that much money, and then I had to pay, like, the urgent care, too, to see the doctor, and it was just one of those slaps in the face it's like okay kid you're almost 26 like you still don't have a doctor and you're paying a lot of money for these things but yeah it was just like one of those moments where you kind of just have to rip the band-aid and um go for it but it still sucked and then on top of that it's also tax season so i mean paying taxes last i think it was monday was tax day or something like that they pushed it back a month um you know, that was also a lemon. It's just paying money to things that aren't fun things. Right.
2: Things that aren't <laughs> helicopter I mean? tours over New York like for government. 75% off. <laughs> I'd much rather spend money uh-huh. on that.
0: Like the government and Big Pharma. Yeah, so That's what my lemon was this week. But, I mean, minimal. Like I'm, I'm very grateful that I'm getting my medicine and stuff and it could be worse. But, but it's still, it's, it's way more those. expensive than it
2: should be. Yep, that was
0: my lemon. Right. Um, but I know that you have something similar that's yeah, it, just
2: it's, worse. Well, it's not necessarily worse. <laughs> I mean, you have this ongoing medicine I mean, thing. Like mine are like sort of random instances that annoy the heck out of me. But I um I might
0: why do I have why do we have a theme of like discussing medical pills and, like insurance issues on this well, podcast? Like fingers crossed that are medical. Well, <laughs> I think it's just because exactly it's it's out. such a
2: real thing and it's such a frustrating thing that we have to, you know, not just we, but like anybody has to pay so much and the system is so flawed like i was telling somebody this the other day like think of the things in like in your life that you feel so strongly about you would go to war for and one of the things that i feel like so strongly about that i would go to war for is universal healthcare and that this healthcare scam in america is so bad anyway on that note i probably need a root canal um but it's not for sure yet it's kind of like a wait and see kind of a thing um i have to wait and see if the sensitivity gets any better on this tooth that i had filled but sometimes when you get a filling it causes the tooth to get more sensitive and then i might need a root canal and i always thought root canals were things for like people in their 40s or 50s like i didn't think people who are 25 i really don't think that's i could be case. wrong i think it might just be because like my parents my parents have had to get root canals and so i'm like oh it's a parent thing um but i'm reading educated by tara westover and uh oh finally she had to get a root canal at like age 22 or 20 or something like that but it's also because she like didn't brush her teeth and like had very you know but i'm i did right but still she is an example of someone in their early to mid-20s who had a root canal um
0: Okay, just jumping in here really quick. The age range of patients was 17 to 65, while the median age was 28 years. The highest incidence of root canal therapy was found in the 20 to
2: 29-year-old age group. Oh. So it's common in people in their 20s?
0: Apparently, according to this Google search that I didn't even look at the source of...
2: (laughs) Is it calm? Is better. the website calm Sierra's irrational dot com? Because if so, mm-hmm. I want to read what yeah, else they have daughter. to say. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my lemon. <laughs> is it, it's just been painful and uh, sensitive, and kind of I also get really, really bad dental anxiety, like where I hyperventilate and I'm afraid of pain and stuff. So hopefully they, I don't know, give me something for that if I have to do it. Also the fact that because I just signed up for dental insurance. A month ago, you have to wait a six month pro or like probation period or like a pending period before procedures are actually covered. So if I get this root canal within the next six months, if I need it, I have to pay a hundred percent, even though I already am on insurance, because you have to be a
0: wait, why is that the case? Because
2: According to insurance companies, if you have to wait this like six month probation period, otherwise people would, when they know they had something they needed done, they'd sign up for insurance, get all the stuff done, and then cancel it. You know, so instead, right?
0: But like that's their right. That's their right.
2: <laughs> but not with PPO major insurance. So you have to be have paid it for six months in oh, order for God. them to kick in, as if
0: they need the on money
2: procedures. So yeah. So I either have to wait potentially up to six months to have this procedure done if i need to which i probably won't do because if you wait it can get really bad um so or not uh, a root canal out of pocket is usually like fourteen hundred dollars yay or, or
0: it'll be fine and heal itself and you won't actually need it and that is the path that we're manifesting yes for you let's because hope I
2: because the path- if it does if oh it gets better on its own like it stops being sensitive and it gets used to the filling essentially it's like the nerve and the filling are like romeo and Juliet, you know out. like they like don't like each other well i guess they okay i'd say mo- no they I know but like okay montague capulet they're falling you know, in love <laughs> in
0: two days and then dying at the end that
2: was a bad <laughs> analogy my point is they're like the the filling and the nerve like battle each other they don't like each other and they're very two how
0: wait what is it two houses both alike in dignity and fair tooth
2: one being nerve <laughs> and one being filling
0: Okay, okay, we need yes, to end
2: this, indeed. but anyway, the lemonade is that I'm getting it figured out what's going on, and I am on insurance now, and figuring that out, you know, things could always be worse, but maybe that's me Talks pausing myself, it's fine, whatever, moving on from dentistry, we're gonna talk about- But
0: it does suck, yeah. like, it's, it's very not fun to deal with, so I really, that's why I'm very hopeful that it is the path that we identified for you manifesting, um, healed tooth because that would not be fun to go down that path yeah
2: but, but guys these <sighs> things in your 20s they're real you know life isn't all butterflies and sunshine it's full of expensive medication root and root canals. <laughs> canals that's really what it is <laughs>
0: that's our whole podcast yeah that's it that's we figured out your 20s everyone go home uh, um i'm so excited that you're reading educated though. i am i love that i've book. loved it so far how far into the book are you
2: i just started the first chapter of part three.
0: Oh, okay so it's like two-thirds in yeah right? mm-hmm. or is there, there's only three parts yeah nice. two-thirds in yeah so it's such a like gripping read it really just gets you in and you get so invested and you want to know what happens oh I it's so,
2: I love it so much so yeah I, I ordered it like um over Christmas I think or something like that because you'd been telling me to get it for a long time and i had been wanting to but I finally ordered it and then I had the book on my nightstand for two months it sat on my nightstand and then one day I opened it and then from that moment never looked back Never looked back
0: amazing yeah well, great. Speaking of never looking back, shall we look forward to our fingers crossed for next week? Next week, you guys, both of us, next time you hear from us, wait, yeah, next time you hear from us on June 1st, when the next episode goes up, we're both going to be 26 years old.
2: 26, indeed. 26. You say that with that's a face, insane. but you've, since I've known you, you've always told me that you can't wait to be 26 because that's like such a solid number when people take you seriously. No, no.
0: I do I do love the idea of being 26 like I, I something about it really just maybe it's because of younger because they like oh. make in the show they like romanticize the hell out of specifically being 26 and I, I mean I've had this like feeling since before I watched younger but I just always love the idea it just sounds nice I like even numbers we talked about I'm tired of being 25 25 was not a good year because it was our quarantine year of life you know what i mean um so i'm ready for 26 and everything that it has to bring with it but i say that with a face because it's just crazy because you know the passage of time it's so (laughs) crazy yeah um but yeah next week that is what we're looking forward to we both have birthdays on the books um i'm very excited because also when you're listening or actually not when you're listening but when the next okay never mind this is the intro for it's not going to be up then but i'm talking about next week fingers crossed for next week um i'm getting to see sierra in person and squeeze her on her birthday because i'm going to la for less than a week i guess it's almost a week but we are going on a grand trip for sierra's birthday in palm springs and i'm very hyped to see her because i haven't seen you since november i know that's that was six months ago because my half birthday was in november Mm -hmm. So yes, my second half of 25, I haven't even seen you once. Wow, that's actually crazy. I mean, we talk all the time, so it doesn't feel like that, but it also is like, wow, it's been so long.
2: I know. I'm very much looking forward to it. So grateful you're coming out. That is my fingers crossed as well. That with all the chaos of life, it's always great to have something to look forward to, no matter how big or small. And this one is big. And it's Christy coming off my birthday, and she's going to come on my actual birthday, like she said and uh we're hanging out on that day and then we're gonna do great like podcast stuff doing like a photo shoot and recording episodes in person and like that's gonna be super fun and then go to palm springs so that is what we have to look forward to not dental work um, not root canals, not root canals. <laughs> so very much and how and how and without further ado,
0: let's discuss our careers. Okay, everybody. Today, we are joined with the lovely and talented Emily Hep. Emily is joining us from all the way in California
2: right now. You're in California, right?
1: Yes, correct. Yes, yep. awesome. that's yeah, not too far.
2: Yeah, not too far from me. I'm like, all the way from where? She's my neighbor. Yeah, oh, we're neighbors. neighbors. So I'm <laughs> on <even> the other <laughs> side of the country. I guess I'm the
0: odd man out. <laughs>
2: Um, Emily is like
0: a career connector mentor. She works with college students, works with young people just trying to figure out what path they want to go on and getting advice for interviewing and networking and all of that kind of stuff. So we're just going to get into it. We're going to have a really interesting conversation today, I think, about kind of finding your path finding the right career for you, and just general advice for if you feel a little bit lost, uh, not sure how to navigate networking, interviewing, all that kind of stuff. So Emily, if you'd like to kick it off. Also, I guess I didn't say yet, but Emily, I know her because we were in the same sorority at Chapman University, all three of us, <laughs> Panther, Pride, am I right? And we'll uh, wasn't in this Hit sorority, pause. But yes, pause. <laughs> Oh, I forgot that they tried
2: to make that a thing. Do people use that? No, think?
0: I
1: don't.
2: Think so. I I feel like no. Gretchen Wieners being like, uh, "Stop trying to make pause up yeah. happen. It's not <laughs> going to happen." Well, they sent
0: us. Chapman sent us an actual like university-sanctioned email, like telling everyone that pause up is now stop. our official alumni thing at some point. So, so they're funny. really trying. But pause up, everyone. Emily's here with us We're having a little alumni gathering. Um, but yes, Emily, if you'd like to kind of introduce yourself. And tell us a little bit about kind of your background and how you got into what you're doing now.
1: Yeah. So first off, thank you guys for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, And basically, so I'm from Indiana originally. So I'm actually a Midwest girl that lives out in Southern California now. And I'm a published author, a published speaker, a public speaker. And um, I worked for a Fortune 500 company right out of college. So I worked for Southwest Airlines uh, corporate headquarters in Dallas, Texas. And I was selected out of 14,000 applicants and they chose 70 students. So Actually, wow. it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Dang. And I got,
2: I know. I, I got wish denied- you guys could see my face. <laughs> <laughs> see
1: the video yeah, reactions. it's crazy. So I actually um, got that internship, but I was actually denied 11 times before that for the same internships. 11? Yeah. So I applied to like 11. Oh, wow. I was like, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. And I got denied to all of them. So I had to rethink my approach. And when I rethought my approach and everything, that's what really drove me to use creativity to land this dream job and the dream internship that I wanted. And um, I'll probably talk about that later. But yeah, I'm super excited. I also had a um, woman come into our sorority uh, to Theta, Christy wasn't there yet, but it was earlier on. And she came in, she talked about careers, and we all left like petrified. We were like, What's happening? I should have 20 internships by now. She like scared us so much. And we were like, None yeah. of us are prepared. What are we doing? And what am I doing with my life? Everything. And so I just wanted to be a resource for women that is somebody who's friendly, that is there to support them and to get through this like awkward stage after college. Um, just during college, trying to figure out your life path. I think everyone's still trying to figure it out. So um, even I'm trying to figure it out still. So just kind of want to be that resource for women out there. That's so cool.
0: I definitely relate to that feeling. I always go back to um, this quote that's let the space between where you are and want to, where you want to be inspire you and not terrify you. But I totally relate to that feeling of like seeing that gap of like, oh, I should be here yes. and feeling that like petrified, frozen feeling of, well, I don't have X, Y, and Z and don't have all these things lined up and now I feel behind. But I think it's awesome to kind of reframe that and like try to approach it in a way that inspires people and like empowers them in the situation to go after what they want instead of just being afraid that they're already behind. So I think that's an awesome way to look at it.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I actually watched a clip from this TED Talk recently that, and Mm -hmm. normally when I watch a TED Talk, I'm like, oh, these are on the money I love TED talks like they I I walk away feeling like I'm going to go change the world. This one was not that. It was probably by the woman that came into your sorority because she essentially <laughs> was like essentially saying if you haven't done this yet, you're screwed and like the in your like early 20s, if you're not setting up every aspect of your life for the rest of your life, you're behind and I I left that TED or I wasn't there, but I like watched the video and I turned off the video and I was like <laughs> I hate th- I want to go cry in a hole so like I love hearing you say that that you're about making it accessible and fun and inspiring and not terrifying
1: definitely I'm yeah, surprised that definitely. was a TED talk that sounds terrifying I'm definitely not gonna yeah. lie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> usually there's so like much better yeah
1: yeah it's like no we don't want that no definitely I yeah. think it's all about connection and who you network with and who you know, and then also having women share who they know. I think that's huge. And to like actually share your resources. That's why I created this whole program is to share it with other women and to let them know, hey, I have these other amazing women in my life that I know that want to help you guys. And I think that's just something I never had in college or anything like that.
2: That's awesome. So I'm going to move to the next question now, which we may have just answered a little bit. Yeah. Um, But that is, what is the main goal in your career and what stigma do you want to change and what message do you want to send, etc.?
1: Yeah. So um, for my ultimate career goal, personally, I mean, I'm still also trying to figure it out. So I'm definitely somebody who's in the same stage as everybody else. And I want them to know that. But um, I lost my job actually with the pandemic. So I lost um, a a travel director dream job, another job that I went and sought after and got to go to Hawaii for a month and live in Hawaii. And it was an amazing job. So um, I'm actually now refocusing this is something I would love to do full time. I would love to run this mentorship program and just have a whole career website and different things for them to resource and just look at. And so that would be like the ideal uh, job for me. But I also am taking my real estate license tomorrow. So I'm excited for that. So I'm taking my exam. uh, I know tomorrow. So it's all about (laughs) people. And I love working with people and just having them in person, not be at a desk all day. So that's something that I figured out during the pandemic as well. And I think my whole overall like mission with this and just the stigma is that I'm all about connection over competition. And for me, I've dealt with it personally where I've made friends with girls and then it's turned into like a competitive thing or we're competing actually for the same job. It happened at Southwest Airlines where we both Two interns who I became best friends with were competing for the same job, and it was just interesting to see what came out during that. and. For me, I just want the best for the other Mm -hmm. person, whether that is her getting the job, me getting the job. But I feel like in this generation, especially with social media, and you're just constantly comparing yourself. And I think if we can connect with one another instead of try to compete with one another, I think it'll just be a better place, especially in the career world, because I think that's the only way you're going to get to where you want to go. And I have used so many connections just to get to where I want to go. And so if I hadn't used those, I don't know where I'd be today. So I think just really focusing on connecting with others, you never know where that's going to take you. And I think that's just a huge thing that I'm trying to relay with my message and just try to promote because I think if we help women lift each other up, I think it's just a better world. You'll get to a better job that you're looking for. I just think it would be – that's just kind of my goal with all of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know – I hear that all the time and I know it that like networking actually is everything. Yeah. But I feel like there is also – this stigma around networking that makes it intimidating for people. Like yeah. they think of it in terms of like very rigid, you know, designated business events where you like go <laughs> with your elevator pitch and have to have X, Y, and Z to impress people and stuff. But I think that's so important to frame it in a way that isn't as intimidating and it is like fostering like real connections and authentic mm-hmm. Networks rather than just, you know, using people for business connections and then being done with it. But I really like how you said that and like being able to kind of identify those as you're going through life and seeing, you know, what kind of connections might come up that you didn't realize would be a strong, whether it's business or whatever profession that you're doing. It's, yeah, it's important to like hold on to those because you never know what could be useful for you in the future, too.
2: I actually know somebody who's like, is anti-networking because he has the mentality that networking is all about using people. And it's Mm -hmm. all about, he's very like into like, you know, his moral code, doing the right thing. And in his experience with networking, especially going to a business school for college, Mm -hmm. it was all this, what he calls, you know, the YoPro culture, you know, young professional, that's all about like, how can I exploit you to help myself? But that's like, there is that networking that exists, but that's not the only networking that's out there. Like, how can we keep creating more positive, connective, networking environments.
1: Definitely. And I think you can start small with like your own. So for all of us, we run a sorority. So using, I mean, me just going through my LinkedIn and being like, all these women work at all these amazing companies just from like just from the people I already know. So I've been using people that I personally know first. And that's how I've created a mentorship lift list of 120 plus mentors that are from all different career backgrounds and industries. And I think I just started with my little inner circle. So I didn't have to go too far out of my comfort zone, but then that's going to expand and expand as I get to know more people. So I definitely think it doesn't have to be scary. And I think that's what my program's all about is that I've already asked these women to be mentors and to be there to like connect with them. So they're not as scared to say, Hey, I, I saw you on Emily's mentorship list. Um, I have a couple of questions. Like it's just less intimidating if I already kind of can connect them for them. Sometimes I introduce them myself. Like sometimes it just depends on how they want to be introduced. But I've seen a lot of women just say, hey, that's super helpful. I always thought it was super intimidating. And me just sending a LinkedIn request is not as scary anymore or because they kind of know it's coming. Some of the mentors do at least.
0: I think it's so important to really utilize... You know, people that you already know and already have an established connection with in a different way, like the sorority example. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in DC, um, I joined like the alumni chapter there because I didn't know anyone. And they had this awesome, because DC is a huge hub of summer interns. So they would have, you know, all of the Theta alumni there would be assigned basically a mentee. And that same, they did intern mentorships um, with college students who were there for the summer. And just seeing, I mean, even though they never personally met them before that, but just having that shared commonality, being in the same sorority in a Mm -hmm. different school in a different decade, whatever it was like that shared background still made them willing to help. And I think What I've learned a lot in networking is that people are much more willing to help you when they kind of see themselves in you. So when they have Mm -hmm. that sort of shared commonality or like, oh, wow, I remember when I was in your shoes in that situation, um, they're always willing to help. And I think that you kind of underestimate people's willingness to actually give you a hand and like guide you a little bit in that sense and be a mentor. Um, And it also makes them feel good, too, I think, Mm -hmm. when they're able to help. I know when I, like, not that I give great advice, but when people do ask me for some sort of advice and I'm actually able to do something that helps them or introduce them to someone that helps, like, it's it's a good feeling. I don't yeah. feel burdened by it. And people Absolutely. always expect that going into those things, you're a burden when that's not the case. And
1: Yeah. And you never know when that is going to turn and maybe you'll need help from them. So that's happened before in my life too, where it's like, oh, I actually need them to help connect me. And it, they're younger than me, but you just never know where that'll get you. So I think it's just important, especially I would say in college to start networking now. So if you've done those group projects that we dread or you know, writing a recommendation on LinkedIn for somebody, I just think sometimes women get intimidated by LinkedIn. And I feel like if they could just write down what they're doing in college now, and it doesn't have to be an amazing internship, but like, hey, I was communications director in Theta, or I did this, like, they have things they can put on there, but a lot of them just don't even create it because they're too scared. They're like, I haven't done anything. And I'm like, you actually have, if we think about it some more. So yeah, that's definitely something I emphasize too, is just getting a LinkedIn, starting an account and seeing who you can connect with. I have a group of mentorships and mentees on um, LinkedIn so they can actually all connect with each other on there. So it definitely opens up the doors. Can I join? Yeah, you, you definitely, I'll, I'll send you guys it. <laughs> but we're all like sharing internships or, hey, this Please position's do. open, you know, so it's it's really cool to see. And it's cool to see that other mentors are helping other mentors. Like it's just, it's a cool environment to be in.
0: That is awesome. I do have a, just a couple things. First of all, I'm terrible at LinkedIn. So I want to selfishly get your top LinkedIn tips. Like I, first of all, don't Perfect. really post anything current, but I, I just like going through and reading articles on there and like seeing people that I am connected. Connected with and like the things that mm-hmm. they're sharing. But what are some of your top tips if someone is trying to like make a connection on LinkedIn or reach out to someone that they don't even know personally, um, but they want to try and make a connection with them? Like, do you have some tangible tips for going about that or like approaching people on LinkedIn?
1: So I would say with with LinkedIn and some tips with that is that when you're connecting with somebody, I would say to look at their profile, see if you guys have any mutual friends. It's like Facebook. So you can see if you guys have anybody that you connect with. You'd be like, hey, I saw your friends with so-and-so. And just start general and broad and then go into questions. But for me, I look at their their college, where they went to school, what their interests are. A lot of people have different things. Maybe some of their skills, their top skills or leadership or what is that? Hey, I had a leadership minor in college and I'd love to talk to you about that. But don't just scare them like up front unless – they're part of the mentorship program with me or something, I would just start general and then just having normal conversation. So it's kind of like it's just having a normal conversation, but people get really intimidated by it. And I think um, you can easily start with like, Mm -hmm. oh, I saw this article you shared, or I loved this, and then jump into conversation from there.
2: And maybe a way to like, if you're worried, this is just me thinking about um, my friend who like doesn't like networking for the like, oh, I'm going to use all these people thing is it's not just about like what you could get from them, but also maybe you can give them something. You know, you have skills and tips and connections that you can provide them and maybe if you're, you remember that as well as that they can help you that won't make it feel so moochy you know it feels like it yes. goes it's a two-way street yeah especially if you have that thing you
0: can reach out on and like provide that in the message kind of thing like mm-hmm. oh hey I saw this I also relate to that this way and not just like I saw you do this and I want to do that
1: so tell me how, how do I but do yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that exactly I think LinkedIn's a great resource um and I have different tips and tricks that I use but um yeah, it's definitely a good resource thing for college women to start using now. It doesn't hurt. And I think it's good for everybody to kind of keep updated. A lot of people are using that for job searching and um it's just a really big platform right now.
2: And if you haven't made it and you're younger, uh, don't freak out. I made my LinkedIn <laughs> two months ago and I'm twenty five. That's amazing. So it's, it's never, never too late. never too <laughs> late to start. And, you know, I've caught up and in two months I have like four hundred connections. Yeah. So I'm getting there. Oh isn't that wow. crazy? Fast move. Yeah. <laughs> you pass <laughs> and then it's like you forget
0: about people sometimes and then you yeah. see them on the linkedin suggestions yeah and then they're actually like pretty good at their algorithm
1: honestly now <laughs> they suddenly you're
0: adding all these people from five years ago. exactly
1: and sometimes you they show who's viewed your profile it's kind of weird so you, that is something if you start searching oh, x's or whatever you know it's like they can see that sometimes so it's terrifying so just, yeah, just if, know that if when you're you not on logged there. in though oh yeah if you're not logged in Oh my gosh, I right? love that you
0: know that. <laughs> could someone confirm? I did want to ask about you kind of brought it up, like with your mentorship program and everything kind of related to that is your boot camp that you're working on at the moment. So, could you tell us a little bit about the Landing Your Dream internship boot camp and um, what kind of inspired you to start that and what does that look like? And if there's anyone who's listening who might be interested, like if it's not too late to sign up or something like that, yeah, um, we'd love to hear about it.
1: Yeah. So actually, um, I created it during quarantine and all my time at home. I started with a mentorship list. So I started getting mentors. I first was like, I already know all these amazing women that I personally know that I'm inspired by and I want to share that with others. So I started that on my Instagram and it kind of blew up and I had over 120 mentors and I realized it was time to move it to an online platform or a course of some sort. So that's really what started the bootcamp idea. And then I landed my dream internship at Southwest and I had a notebook that I wrote. Um, I carried with me on any flight that I took and it was called Little Emily's Little... Ultimate flight to graduation. And I had a notebook that I got (laughs) from the gift shop of Southwest. And I ordered it online and my dad only flies Southwest with me. So anytime I flew, I asked people, why do you love working for this company? And I went up to employees. I went up to flight attendants and pilots and anybody that worked for Southwest. And I collected over 40 signatures, which was so cool to see. And it basically said why they work for that company. And I was applying at the time for a culture services internship. So an internship about appreciating their employees so what better way to bring something creative to your interview than that and saying hey this is what i found out in the field and i was being creative with it so i'm very passionate about using creativity so that's something i definitely touch on but we start from the beginning and it's a four-day boot camp it's an hour each night and you start from this from the top of hey what do i want to even do so maybe i have no idea what i want to do let's dive into what that looks like what your passions are and then we dive into um, using creativity, we dive into leadership and culture, and then all about the mentorships. And there's actually breakout rooms for women to talk to women in their fields that have been in their shoes. Um, it's it's really amazing. And then they also have a mentorship list that they get. So it has everybody's contact info, anything that they need. Um, so the next one's July 19th through 22nd. And there's still plenty of room to sign up. And it's on my um, website. It's emilybytrade.org. And you can still sign up there. Um, And yeah, I was super excited about how it went. It was awesome to see the connection amongst the different colleges. That was really cool to see and just having them connect with each other was cool because it was like hey you know oh i'm in calm too what are you doing what's your favorite class you know what kind of internships are you guys doing right now so um but the amount the list of companies that these mentors work for is incredible so it's google and amazon and finish line and dreamworks animation and the kelly clarkson show i mean it just it's like crazy how many amazing mentors i have in the program so um, it just gives you all these opportunities to connect. And mostly all of those have internship programs of some sort.
0: That's so exciting. Yeah. I wish I had had something that's like awesome. that when I was in college. Because honestly, I was so intimidated by internships when I was at Chapman. Um, and I didn't even do them until I went to grad school. And that's something I regret from college. I've talked about that before on the podcast. Yeah, um, But I think that offering some sort of platform for, you know, college students who might be intimidated or don't know where to start, even just to connect with each other like mm-hmm. you mentioned and be able to share that kind of the things that they're worried about or the things that they're facing or going through all going through the process of applying and everything, having that connection in itself is probably so valuable on top of everything they're getting. From the program. So that's so cool.
2: Yeah. And they also can share with each other, you know, like if they got an internship, like how it's going or mm-hmm. like how they're enjoying it and like what the company culture is like and, you know, encourage people like with their, you know, application process and like tips and stuff. Like I just feel like it's such a, yeah, it, like it's, I feel like it's becoming more something people are talking about now. But I feel like it was almost like when we were in school, it was you were just expected to figure it out by yourself and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden like have this amazing book of
1: credits by the time you graduate so career centers too is something I don't you know I don't diss them at all but it is intimidating to go to your college career center it just seems very formal you have to bring your resume like I don't. I I personally didn't utilize it, and maybe they're getting better. But for me, it's just like I'd rather go to something like this online on my own time than maybe go to your yeah. career center. I'm not not saying you shouldn't go visit it, but I just personally didn't know of that many people doing that. I don't know if you did, if you guys did it all, but. I didn't really use utilize it probably as I should have. I don't think
0: I
2: ever went,
0: honestly, <laughs> now like, that where, I think about where it, was it, probably why I didn't even have an internship.
2: Yeah. Where was it? Was it on Gusell? Like, who knows? <laughs> I had to go. I had to go to the career center oh. Um, oh, really? in a class. They like made us go and we had to bring our, <laughs> well, but it was, it was like you said, it was very yeah. intimidating and it was with somebody who was like I met with someone who was very very long out of college and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just mean like we didn't really relate super well and she just like looked at my resume and then like made a bunch of red marks yep. all over it and I was just kind of like this isn't super fun. Like I'm not really enjoying this. <laughs> this
1: and then you never see trip. and then you never see them again. Yeah, You're like true. okay, I'm never going to yeah. come back. <laughs> so in one of the nights we have a HR manager come And she helps and does like a whole presentation on resumes and tips and tricks. And she's actually in HR. So she's looks at resumes all day long. So it's like a less intimidating way to look at it. And she talks about LinkedIn and it's just a really good resource. So, Somebody like that is not as intimidating and you don't just send her your resume right away, but she's like willing to look at it and help those girls too. That's awesome.
2: Would you repeat your um, website one more time for people who are interested?
1: Yeah, it's emilybytrade.org and you go under courses and then you can sign up there for the internship bootcamp.
2: Awesome. So I wanted to ask you, you mentioned one of the things you talk about is like, what am I passionate about? Where do I start? what like what what do I want to do where should someone start if they don't know what their dream job is or like um, if they aren't sure like what kind of path they want they don't have a roadmap so like where's the best place to start there
1: yeah, I definitely think it's intimidating. And I was that person. So I had no idea my brothers knew animation and editing was what they wanted to do from an early age. And I just didn't know anything what I wanted to do. So I think to start and this is something we, I talk about is just writing down your passions for five minutes. So what do you enjoy doing? What brings you joy what brings what lights you up it could be anything like whatever that is going to disneyland walking around like whatever that is write it down and so you spend like you know five minutes writing everything down and then choosing maybe three of those that are your top like priorities enjoyment that you just truly like to do and i'm a firm believer that you can somehow turn that into a career or there's a career out there that incorporate incorporates all of that um and that you can enjoy and like and then go from there so look at those three items you wrote down and how do we move that into a career and that's something that I help with as well but i think just writing things down what you actually enjoy doing maybe it's podcasting maybe it's you know whatever that is for you being in nature or you know it's just there's a job out there i think for everybody and i think you can find a job that you're really happy in as well and kind of fulfills your your cup as well so i think Um, just starting on a blank slate is great. And just writing down what you enjoy and what you you like to do first.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important. And I think that so many people start from, they try, that's like a nice bottom-up approach. Like starting Mm -hmm. from where you are, what you enjoy doing, what you would want to do, or like what fills your cup in a broad sense. And then you can narrow it in on like what fits into that. But I think so many people when they're, you know, just starting college or at that career center or whatever, they just pick something that's already on a list that exists. They're like, well, pharmacist makes a lot of money. And then they try and make that fit into that. They do the top down thing. Mm -hmm. And then it doesn't fit. It's like putting a square peg in the round Mm -hmm. hole. And then it's, you're just not happy or fulfilled because you're not actually looking at it in terms of your values and your own happiness in a broader sense. Um, So I think that's so important to start, kind of just flip the way you're looking at it and asking those questions. About yourself rather than about the job at
1: first. And actually, on um, there was a so someone sent me a Harvard study article that they saw that kind of was like my boot camp. And she was like, "Hey, I saw this, and it looked it reminded me of you and what you're doing." And they did this with people actually, kind of similar. They wrote down their ideas and passions, and they already had selected their majors. And almost half of them changed majors because they realized that what they actually enjoyed doing was so different. Like you're saying. So they ended up switching their majors like halfway through college, but I'm so glad they found out then, you know, instead of, you know, out of college and you're not sure what you want to do. But I thought that was really interesting. So like you're saying, like people think that they have this or that sounds fun, but definitely job shadow too, because I thought I wanted to be an event planner at a hotel and in high school, my dad let me go meet this lady and it was like the worst experience of my life. And so I was like, no, that's not what (laughs) I want to do. Not saying everything is like that, but like- just to job shadow somebody, even high school is amazing because that way you can like knock, start knocking some things off, even internships. I mean, you can, you're, you're just trying them, you know, it's like a trial period that you don't get in a real job. So I would just say to, to try it out. And if you don't like it, move on to the next one. I think a lot of people learn something from their internship that they were a part of, but yeah, it's just, it's interesting. So I think just job shadowing and And just trying out some jobs is the best way to start too. Yeah, for sure. Like always throwing
0: things at the wall and seeing what sticks. And sometimes- That's your favorite quote. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it is like a, it's a time commitment and things too. So you have to consider that. But Mm -hmm. it is such a good way to learn what doesn't work for you too. And and learn what you might not want in your next job or a long-term kind of path. And, um, you know, there's some things I've done internships in the past that I, I thought were going to be one thing and then you learn that, mm-hmm. oh, actually, this is completely different than what I expected. So I think it is so important. And like you said, even in smaller ways, just job job shadowing for a few days at a time or something like that, where you can get a taste of how it actually looks day to day or in the role and um compare it to your expectations and it might surprise you
2: yes so 100% that's definitely a good point yeah it's so um it's so great to talk about this it's I feel like there's just so many things we're unlearning as we get mm-hmm. older like so many things that we thought were so important you know like especially oh I've decided this is going to be my job forever and if it's not really fitting well that's just because I'm not trying hard enough and I need yeah. to like try harder and like get better into this and get a promotion and, yeah, yeah instead mm-hmm. of just letting yourself Give yourself the grace that like okay i I don't think this is for me. I worked really hard to get here, but I'm not happy, and I don't like this so change like mm-hmm. i I just feel like there's there's we're just like starting to like make that like normalize that and make that okay, and it's okay to you know change gears and shift and go back to school or you know try a new career, you know you don't have to you know just cuz you liked vanilla ice cream once doesn't mean you have to like it the rest of your life
0: in college too when you're starting out as a freshman and trying mm-hmm. to pick a major and you i feel like a different person from being a freshman in college and i'm <laughs> sure many people can relate to that and it's like you know trying to determine your path from there and decide what steps are going to look like from there when you're choosing a major and then having a job in mind and all of that like Things change so much, and even the work itself changes, and jobs mm-hmm. change, and jobs pop up that weren't there when we started college, and etc. And even now with social media and things like, it's even made it more quickly adapting. Um, so it's it's just hard to make those decisions for your future self when you're that young, um, and then not giving yourself the grace to pivot or to shift or to start over. Sometimes, like you said, um, kind of off of that note, actually, we do have a question someone asked about. Do you have advice for someone who is looking to do kind of a career shift um, or switching gears, but doesn't necessarily want to start over from square one? Because like you said, Sierra, you already put in so much time Mm -hmm. and work into something. Um, Like, is there maybe a way you could utilize, like, how do you utilize those skills you already have, but shifting into something new?
1: Yeah, I definitely think... um you can you can still make a change whenever you want to in life, and I think, like what you guys are saying, my dad worked for a company for he still works for them for thirty years. So I think generationally he's used to just staying at the same company, and we're all used to changing and that now resumes it's not as scary to see, oh, they changed every you know year and a half or something like that. And he's even, mm-hmm. when he's hiring, he's like, I don't see that as like a bad thing now because they're just getting more experience. So I think that's something that is great. But I have had a lot of friends that totally shift careers. I, I mean, if you look at my, I mean, I was a travel director and now I'm going to be a real estate agent. Like, it's just, you know, there's different things that they still correlate. Mine's all about people and leadership and and just having that impact on people. And so I think for somebody who's looking to change pretty drastically, I would say, one of the things I thought of is just to start like volunteering in that field or in your free time. Say you haven't totally quit that job yet. Like start just getting your feet wet in the water and just go and see if I can, you know, if it's at a hospital, maybe you can go volunteer your time there or you can do like a side internship possibly that's for free or however you want to do it. But I think if you take the time to research something in your area that maybe you could volunteer or potentially intern people intern at all ages and i think doing something on the side first just to make sure that's exactly what you're thinking of moving into i think that's a great idea just to just to get shifted over to that um and then just talking to people that are in that field hey do you even think they'll look at me you know if i have this major or minor and how can you relate that to this job that you're looking to so a travel director. I work with people all day. So I can relate that with real estate. I'm working with people and I'm changing, you know, hopefully changing their lives, doing something important for their future. And so just trying to see like commonalities in that I think is important when you start out to totally make a job switch.
2: Yeah. And sometimes you don't need to, this is something that I personally went through this year yeah. is you don't need to always move to the other side of town sometimes you can move three houses down yeah if that makes sense yeah like you can (laughs) rhyme
1: yeah like you
2: can you can shift your career in a way that like okay I have this experience I have Mm -hmm. this degree like what else like that's kind of close to what I'm already doing but like still enough different where I'm getting I'm feeling better about myself but I'm still like it's I call it my concept of adjacent you know being adjacent to something instead of having to do an about face and go the other way
1: Yeah, starting like looking to see kind of what is not a crazy drastic change, but something small that can lead you to that ultimate goal, I think is is amazing.
0: But sometimes people do want the drastic change. Like I'm thinking of, um, (laughs) you know, Shelley Dehecker, she was also a Theta. She, mm-hmm. what I don't remember where she was working before, but think she it was, was like Dreamworks. one of those, she had really good internships. Yeah. DreamWorks. She had like solid internships and she was one of those mm-hmm. people always doing something so cool in college. And then she got this big job with DreamWorks and doing all of these like, yeah. you know, dream jobs for a lot of people. And then after a couple of years, she was like, okay, um, I want to be a flight attendant and I want to travel. And then she completely changed because she wanted to travel and she found that other outlet that fulfilled, that filled that cup for her that. You know what she thought i don't want to speak for shelly but just in terms of like she had one job that was a dream job but you know there was still something that she wanted to chase elsewhere and she went after it and sometimes that's scary too to make those giant leaps um, but sometimes it's worth it and she still does
1: it. And yeah, loves it. she's actually um, a mentor. So I talk with her some and yeah, she made a drastic Oh, nice. Yeah, a drastic change. And so it's kind of fun because I put them all in like majors and, you know, different fields. And some of them I have in multiple because they jumped around like that. So I think it's good to talk to somebody mm-hmm. that has done that drastic jump, like a Shelley. Um, But you can see how much like happier she seems. I mean, we don't know exactly how she feels, but. I definitely think I see a whole change in her. And those are some jobs that are pretty mm-hmm. like you can still have a, a resume from different backgrounds and they'll still be. I know at Southwest, they're looking for different people um for flight attendants and different roles. So I definitely think there are those jobs out there that kind of it doesn't necessarily matter as much what you did right before, but maybe that this is what you want to do for the future.
0: Yeah. And you never know what other skills they're looking to kind of diversify their own employees mm-hmm. with too that you might have. That you weren't even you know aware we're on the ticket so
1: yeah exactly. it's definitely good to
0: kind of talk to people and like that mentorship pro- mentorship program like you mentioned that's such a good way just to pick people's brains who are in different mm-hmm. fields and really learn kind of that crossover of maybe you do have the skills that they need elsewhere that you didn't realize exactly which is so important um okay This is kind of probably a classic question, but it's one that everyone always has, including myself, which is about interviews. So what kind of advice do you have for someone going into, whether it's internship, job, whatever, career kind of interview, um, do you have any like top tips to Mm -hmm. feel more prepared or... I don't know, just, like, any secret to ace an interview
2: or anything like that. Yeah, you talked about um, creativity. So, mm-hmm. like, how do you – another, like, sidebar of that question is, like, how do you tell people to integrate creativity into your interview so that you stand out? Yeah,
1: hundred percent. I mean, my my number one thing is creativity, and I think for somebody in this generation too, with TikTok and Instagram and Instagram Reels and all these different opportunities, you can easily do something creative. Whether it doesn't really matter what type of job you're interviewing for, but I'm really big about bringing like something tangible that they can you can give to them that you can leave with them. I had a girl in um, one of my actual cheerleaders that I work with, and she had an, an interview for a camp. It was a Christian camp and she'd been there all her life. And I'm like, let's think something new. What's something different we can do. So she asked all of her friends, what was one thing that stood out to you in camp and made a little notebook and had all these reasons about why they love this camp so much and then she wrote her own reasonings in there and got to leave that with them and she got she got the job and she was like i saw him go over and show people after this notebook and be like look at this like that's crazy uh there's different ways wow. you can do it i for me personally i did a hallmark i was trying to be on the hallmark channel um they have a morning show that recently actually was canceled but it's called home and family. And I wanted to be on it. And I'm like, I want to be on this show. This is during the during the pandemic. So I had my mom, literally, my mom videotape me. And I did little segments of their show around my house, like pretending I was them. And I made an Instagram (laughs) reel. I'm not like I didn't use my brother to edit it nothing. And I had everyone tag home and family TV. And within three hours, I had an executive producer contact me about the show and she works directly on the show and it was like, how can we want to, we want to talk with you. That was within three hours of posting it. So it's just like today's generation and world. There's just so many opportunities, but it's crazy. So for, I would just say for a traditional interview, think about something creative you can leave with always look up their, um, their company statement or their vision. I think that's something that is really impressive is to know their core values. It's always usually on their main site. If they don't have those, I would say to start looking at other companies because they should have some type of values or mission statement that they go by at Southwest. (laughs) Pretty much everyone had it memorized. And so look that up and how does that correlate when you have an interview? I would say to always ask questions at the end. A lot of people will say, hey, do you have any questions for me? And they just, nope, we're good. Like Definitely have some questions, ask them simple things like, what's your favorite part about the job? What's the culture like here? Just some follow-ups. People love talking about what they know and where they, they just like talking about things that they're good at or where they work at. And so my dad's always like, always ask them like something about their work because they're going to light up and they're going to be passionate about it and want to talk to you about it. And then lastly, always leave like a thank you note or follow up. And I, have I've sent postcards before, which is like very, you know, people don't really send mail anymore, but it's something unique that, you know, they get a postcard from me from Chapman or from wherever I am. Um, but those are just a couple of things, um, that come to, to mind, but there's definitely ways I think you can stand out. Wow. I love that's that. Awesome. I, man, I never, never thought been, that way. I want
2: to see you on the, I want to see you on the Hallmark <laughs> show now. I know. I'm so mad. <laughs> um,
0: I've never thought to like leave. Well, that's probably why they canceled it. Honestly, is because you weren't on the show, but, yeah, yeah, I know, um, honestly, no offense to Hallmark. I'm sure the show <laughs> was great. Um, it would have been better, but <laughs> Um, I feel like so many people don't, at least speaking for myself, I never thought to like physically have something to leave them with. I think that's so interesting Mm -hmm. because then it is, it's like a reminder, like that's such a good way to stand out. And, you know, like that guy's showing everyone else in the office and then they'll be like, oh, what happened to that girl with the interview or whatever it is? And like, I don't know, that just really inspired me. Um, That also made me think of, In, I mean, it depends on the field, of course, but Mm -hmm. in creative fields. I listened to this podcast one time about uh, this girl who worked at Hinge. And to get the job, she set up her resume like a Hinge profile. Yeah. And so, like, catering your resume to if it's creative enough or if it allows, obviously, you know, read the room. But um, that's a good way to stand out. And that's something you leave with them that's not necessarily like a souvenir because it's your resume. But, like, framing (laughs) it in a creative way um, or something like that. I think that's... So cool. I got to think about ways
2: I can do that. I know, same. I'm like thinking about it like, ooh, what can I do to like change the game or stand out yeah. or be different i know a guy who um whenever he writes a cover letter he makes it five sentences like oh that's it never more than five <laughs> sentences he's like i'm into the short cover letter they don't have time to read this nonsense like mm-hmm. they're busy i'm gonna say my piece in five sentences and then tell them to contact me and he's gotten like way more success than the average person so really? you know really? God. that's so counterintuitive wow but like again it's not gonna work for every company it's only gonna right. work yeah. for like the right like place that's gonna see that brevity and that to the point Mm-hmm. And be like, I like that. You know, they're not, they don't want to hear your entire like four paragraph essay with a thesis statement I and do. like, you know, all this stuff. So, um, <sighs> I thought that was interesting again, it's not for everybody, but it's it's interesting right. what people like do to have those techniques to stand out,
1: yeah, I've heard of people I mean, I've seen people day. send pizza to offices, obviously pre covid stuff, but they would send pizza <laughs> and they open it up their resumes there like it depends on the office, you know it depends on the culture and what they're like, wow. but like it's just starting it's just rewiring your mind, and that's what I had to do because I got denied eleven times at Southwest, and I was like, Okay, what do I need to do to change this' and I just kind of came up with it on my own, but Um, They still ask me about it today. I still talk about it. I still get asked about it. So I still have the book with me and stuff. So it's really cool.
0: So you had applied to 11 different internships just in Southwest, you're saying?
1: Yes, correct.
0: Oh, I thought you were saying elsewhere. No, I Wow, just in Southwest. I,
1: for some reason, had my heart set on it. I watched a video about their culture department. Yes, I got denied to 11 of them. Obviously, I was upset so i was like how am i going to be creative or think differently but i don't know why i just had it in me to work there and i got the internship and then i was there for three years after that so i i landed that internship and then it led to a, a job after college
0: Wow. I th- I think that's so hard because so many people would be, including myself, like would be discouraged mm-hmm. after getting denied, like even once, let alone multiple times. So that's so inspiring. Like I was interviewing my cousin last week on the podcast and she yeah. was saying, I didn't even know this, but she had applied to like three other positions at her job before she got the role that she ended up filling. And I don't know, sometimes I feel like people... Even if you don't think about the role, you just think of, oh, this entire company doesn't want me. I'm just gonna give up now. Right. But maybe just the right position for you isn't there yet. Or maybe it's just you just have to keep trying and maybe adjust your sales a little bit. And with your creativity, like you mentioned, like it could just be You know the right thing is still coming when you don't have to give up after just one denial. I think that's really inspiring.
1: It's happened a lot in my life where I'm, you know, devastated, or I had um, a sorority function where nobody showed up, like literally nobody, and I was like ready to go. I didn't have a job, you know, I'm like all excited, and I literally (laughs) watched a Hallmark movie. It made some corn dogs at home. And I just like cried about, it. I was like upset. <laughs> I was so upset. Cause I was like, how did one person not show up? Aww. And then two weeks later I had, it was, it was funny, but not funny now. Um, but I had two weeks later, 600 women show up on a call and it was the biggest, it was the biggest group I've ever spoken to before. And so you just never know what you're going to go through before you have that success or get to that next, that next stage in life. So definitely keep trying and, and keep, Keep going and you'll see where it gets you one day.
2: I was going to ask you, um, what do you think are the biggest things that hold people back in the job search process? Like, what are some common trends of like challenges or fears that you've noticed among people who are looking for jobs? Like, what What's the biggest thing hindering people?
1: So I think one of the biggest fears is that for me, I get really intimidated by the numbers like in seeing how many people have applied on LinkedIn. Now it'll tell you how many applicants have applied. Southwest will say, you know, I knew there was 14,000 applicants. (sighs) And I think that alone is what scares me And and, and just like, hey, I may not be as qualified as this candidate or you'll start looking on LinkedIn, it'll show you what like, if they have have a major or if they've gotten their master's. I think the numbers game for me is something that's really intimidating or if you feel like you're not qualified enough and I think you should still keep applying. So I think that's something for me that even if you don't have exactly, you know, what they're looking for to still apply and that's something that sometimes I don't do all the time because I'm intimidating or, oh, that person already I'm sure has this skill that I don't have. So I think just to keep going, um, and just apply and see where that takes you.
0: Yeah, the numbers thing is terrible. <laughs> like, why do they need to tell us I that 5 million other people are also <laughs> applying for the same thing? I wonder if it's just like they want you to feel better if you don't get it. They're like, I, oh, I don't well, know. you know, so many people applied, but still, it's just like it doesn't
2: I don't think make it helpful. <laughs> I literally
1: got scared. Yeah, I don't like it.
2: I wanted to also ask you, switching gears just a little bit. Um, I wanted to ask you about your book. Um, You are a published author, which is incredible. And your book is called She is More Than the Freshman 15, which sounds like a very applicable and inspiring title. So I would love to hear more about your book and your uh, process. It's a mixture of creative and process. Your Um, your process. process for creating it.
1: Yeah, so I actually wrote this book when I left Southwest. I wanted to move home to be closer to family. They actually all moved out to California. So anytime I flew, I would write down life lessons from college. And that was because I had attended three different colleges in the span of one and a half years. So, freshman year, I went to SDSU, and then I went to Ball State back in Indiana. And then my dad actually found Chapman University. And I had been to three very different colleges. And I, you know, I felt like if I had something that kind of gave me, you know, some life lessons or things to think about before I went to those, maybe I would have just gone to one. Or maybe, you know, I was meant to go to all three, I guess. But for me, this was something where I was like, I'm not the only one feeling this way, I'm sure, especially freshmen. And so it's really a book for girls who are graduating high school and are looking into colleges. Um, And so it's 15 life lessons for the girl about to go to college and just has all different stuff in there. It has dating advice. It has how to manage everything, sororities, all different things. And um, I'm really proud of it. And you can get it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And um, yeah, it's just something that I never thought I'd write a book, but you never know what's going to happen. So I started writing and wrote it down and I eventually had a book done so I self-published it and was thinking of another creative way of how I can stand out among like bloggers and different people out there in the world at that time and for me I hadn't heard of somebody writing a book before at my age so that's why I did it and I'm really proud of it to this day and people still are buying it and um it's really fun to say that I've done that so I just think it's really inspiring that you just seem to you know see something
0: you want to do it and you just get it done and like You've done so much in such little time, it seems, like publishing a book and, you know, putting together these huge mentoring programs and, you know, the internship boot camp. Like, it's just really awesome to see that. Um, and now I feel like I want to go <laughs> do, something do something like that. Great. I want to go write a book. Uh, but <laughs> what was the process like? I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. Do something I, crazy. Do something um, crazy. Um, had... Like, from start to finish, what was the timeline like?
1: Yeah. So, actually… Um... I was out of a job and i didn't know if i should invest in myself doing this book because it was i would say a a couple thousand to publish it but it was definitely applying to all these publishing companies Mm. never hearing back and being like what am i going to do about this i want to publish it now so i self-published i worked with outskirts press if anyone's interested and they're amazing and you basically go through the whole step process with them you get to design the cover you get to have an editor um, you just get to do the whole thing, but for me, it was more writing all of that on planes when I'd come back and forth on Southwest, and I could fly for free, so I'd write all the time when I could. And so definitely just having that content, and once it was ready, it probably took another six to eight months until I actually had it in my hand ready to go. But not that long, and you know, considering that you publish a book. Um, but yeah, I'm on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and I just think I'm very proud of it, and I think. It's just something unique that brings credibility and just, you know, makes me stand out a little bit amongst, you know, different, different people. And I definitely think if anyone's interested to let me know, because I'd love to talk to you about the process.
0: That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. We'll put it in the show notes. If anyone out there is Perfect. listening.
2: Yeah, we'll put a, we'll put a link and all awesome. that for
0: you. Definitely. Yeah, be great. Okay. Well, we don't want to take up too much of your time. So we just have one last question that I think is a good one. To end on, to reflect on the good old times. Last week, we actually did an episode about lessons from college that we learned. And I would love to hear from you with the perspective and experience you've gained since college. What is something you would go back or a piece of career advice Mm -hmm. or just life advice, but something that might relate to what you end up doing um, that you would give yourself in college, something you wish that you would have known that might have changed something or that just would have helped you out at the time.
1: Oh, that's a good one. There's so many (laughs) that come to my head. Um, I would say, hard, right? I know that you're like, I can tell myself a lot of things. (laughs) I know. I'm like, what would I tell my college self? Um, first off to not stress as much and to have fun with it. That was a lot of people. When I asked people in my book, what they said is to just, you know, it's easy to get so stressed out in college, but I think for me and just enjoying that time, because it is, as people say, it goes by so fast. And, um, to know that, Life's, you know, your life's going to be figured out as it goes, and you won't have it all figured out the minute you step out of college. And those next couple years after college are going to be pretty tough, just overall, and your mental health, on, you know, being away from family, but it's going to make you who you are today. So I think it's definitely shaped me into the person I am going to Texas, you know, leaving all my friends and family. So I think I would tell myself because I was pretty nervous about doing that. And, um, just telling myself it's all going to, you know, it's all going to work out how it should and um, you're going to be able to do some really amazing things and to to use creativity to do that. And I think that's what I would say to myself. But yeah, it's it's intimidating to leave after college, especially because you have your group and you have your friends and a lot of friends stay in that same area maybe after college. Um, So it's easy to get, be like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to stay with them. And it's going to be college for continuing, you know, and it's, it's just, I had to, be realistic and tell myself when I went back to California, it's not Chapman. It's not, my friends are all there again. It's not college because I left in college and then had to come back. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's going to change and people are going to change and it's going to make you who you are today. I that's love good that. Advice. I, and
2: that's exactly the opposite of what yes. that Ted talk said. <laughs> just wrapping back to that, that Ted talk and was saying not like oh, it's all gonna work out in your own due time. Things will unravel as they're yes. meant to. You may have some shifts. It was literally like you need to have a plan. You need to have met your significant yes. other by twenty five. You need to have this like six internships by the time you're yes. in diapers. It was like you need this, this, and this, or you're gonna fail. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm turning. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs>
0: yeah, so it's like everyone's so different. Everyone's path looks completely uh, yeah. different. Definitely. So it's hard to put those things on. You know. Uh,
1: Yeah, I thought I we are not here
0: to say that. We are here to say that it's gonna be okay. Yeah,
1: and I wanna commend you guys because I think for having a podcast for women in their twenties is huge because that change after college, as you guys know, is drastic and you hate to tell people like when they're graduating, like you're about to like go through some stuff, but like it's it's such a hard time (laughs) and to figure you're figuring yourself out and I'm almost thirty now and I just wish, you know, those those years are hard. So I'm glad you guys are doing this. And I think it's amazing that you guys have this podcast. Well,
2: oh, thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, we are so we're honored to be here and we're honored to have a yeah. platform to get to share things like this with people because, you know, there's so many times when you want to have these like conversations uh-huh. with your friends, you know, but people don't always have those resources to like hear about these things or talk with their friends about these certain issues. And so we wanted to be able to bring that platform accessibly to whoever wants to listen and hopefully make an impact. And like again, how would maybe some of these people uh-huh. who'd never heard of you yeah. get to hear about you and now they have and they can find out, you know, so I just I, I we just feel so so grateful that we have the the privilege of having this platform to share these kind of things because, you know, having somebody or something to help you navigate these insane uh-huh. times is
1: such a valuable Yeah. Resource. It, it's like you're yeah. talking to a friend too. So that's something that In my book, I like try to act like I'm a friend to them. And how do you talk to them like that? And that's how you guys are. So I think that's amazing. And a lot of times people just need a resource or a friend to listen to.
0: Well, thank you so, so much. Again, we'll have everything linked in the show notes. Um, If you want to plug anything one last time, where to find you, your Instagram website, uh, people want to follow up.
1: Yeah, so um, definitely follow on my Instagram. I have a lot of like, I do career tip Tuesdays and different things on careers. And so it's at Emily Hep. E-M-I-L-Y-A-N-N-H-E-P-P. And you can find my book on Amazon Barnes Noble. She's more than the freshman 15. And then my website is emilybytrade.org. And you can find the courses to sign up there for the internship bootcamp.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much again, yeah. Emily. We Yay. really appreciate your time. And anyone out there listening, if you sign up for her boot camp, let us know. We would love to get updates. I'm sure that you will learn a lot. <laughs> and it'll be amazing. So I hope yeah. that it all goes well with the next session. Thank um, you. can't wait to see everything pan out. And... Um, thanks for listening guys we're here every tuesday at fingers crossed pod on instagram 6 a.m oh, baby on the East Coast, we upload at 6 a.m yes and um we'll be back next week so until
1: then keep your fingers crossed
2: <laughs> love it perfect Bye, Yay. <laughs>